Alan Dante, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We trust that this week's message is encouraging and full of hope for where we are. I'm not going to do any recap from last week or the week before. If you want to know what we said last week, go listen to the podcast. If you want to know how to find the podcast, go to EvolveChurch.com. There's a little tab that says Messages. You click on that, it'll go right there. Or if you're an Apple user like myself and you listen to podcasts in the Apple Podcast, just search Evolve Church. You'll find us. But if you missed last week and the week before and you want to catch up on our Love Win series, I'm not going to do any recap. I want to talk today about how does love win in the context of family. Now, family's a um, bit of a tricky thing to talk about because our context <laughs> Not because my mother-in-law is sitting in the front row. <laughs> she was nervous, nervously laughing just now. She's like, oh, oh, well then. Oh, well, how tricky is family, Jono? Um, because when I say family, like when I think about family, I think about my parents um, who like really love me and my three siblings and sacrificed and poured into us. And I feel like they raised up and released us really well. I think about the family I married into, my in-laws and their legacy of love and um, their parents. Um, you know, my, 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 my wife's grandparents who are actually here today, they're celebrating their 65th wedding anniversary next week. Is it next week or April, in April, but uh, soon. But <laughs> I look, <laughs> I have other strengths, okay? Remembering dates isn't one of them, but... Um, 65 years married, and that, you know, so I come, when I say family, that's what I think about. I think of, like, legacy of faith and a home that pushed me to explore not only the gifts and the abilities and the resources that my parents invested in us, but my own journey of faith. So when I talk about family, it's actually a really good thing. Other people, when I say family, they're like, can I, how do I slip quietly out the back? Because maybe the environment you grew up in was a hot mess, maybe it was broken, um, maybe whatever the circumstances are, maybe in your adult years, um, you started a family and it hasn't gone the way that you hoped it would or, or dreamed that it might. And so when I talk about family, the first thing I want to say is I acknowledge that there's a whole bunch of different context in this room. And I acknowledge that some of us, when I talk about family, it might even uh, instantly make us feel things that I don't believe God wants us to feel when I talk about family. I say family, and some people instantly feel like a brokenness or a weight or a shame or a guilt. And I want to call that what it is right now. It's actually a wrong feeling, a wrong thought that we actually need to filter through, take captive. Because I believe at the end of the day, regardless of your story, there is hope. And hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And I will believe that until my last breath, and I will teach it, and I will share it, and I will talk about it, and I will sing about it, and I will preach about it, and I will mime about it if I can learn how to mime. Heck, I've even considered taking up ventriloquism just to get a puppet to talk about it, because I believe that there is hope regardless of what you've walked through, and hope has a name. So I want to talk about how does love win for us when it comes to family and specifically, I want to talk about a foundation for our families. And, and when I say family, I actually mean every context of the room, okay? Not just mine, but ours. Can we agree on that? Is that okay? 
And if I say something today that stings or hurts, I want to invite you to just begin conversation with us. Like, I don't want you to leave here today going, well, that sucked. Um, because that's not the purpose of gathering together. Matter of fact, the purpose of gathering together is family. You know, the one word that Nicole and I have heard consistently since we launched on September 23rd, and the one word that many people have not been able to do the math on when they walk through these doors week in, week out, is I don't know why, but this just feels like family. And the purpose of gathering together today isn't about religion It isn't about checking off a box every week of some kind of Christian duty. It isn't about um, pleasing me or anybody else. It's about family. In 2008, I think it was, 2009, um, we had built a house and finished in the backyard. And I bought a shed at Costco. Has anybody here ever bought a Costco shed? Anybody? Doug, all right. Good man. Doug, did you invite some friends to help you build that Costco shed, or did you try and tackle it by yourself? Which one? Oh, Jared. Okay. Well, I'm stupid. I built the Costco shed by myself, right? And I'm like, oh, it says you should probably have a couple friends, but who am I going to call right now to come help me build a shed? So I tackled the shed by myself. And I had some scrap lumber, and we had a backyard, and it was sloping down to the back corner, and so like I I slapped together like a, a wood frame with a couple of uh, joists, and I, I, you know, semi-leveled it out on the yard, and then I put the shed on top of this thing. You know, every time I walked into that shed, the floor, the, the floor of the shed sitting on top of those joists, because they were pieces connected together, and I'm not a little man, uh, every time I walked into that shed, my foot would go through the floor, and it just... Boom, and um, anytime it rained and the, you know, the, the yard shifted a little bit, <laughs> let's just say I did not build a proper foundation for that shed. And it bit me in the butt time and time again and time again. And eventually I, I yanked, I got poles, metal poles, and I pulled the shed together. I pulled it off that base. I built a proper base. I covered the base with like plywood Um, I leveled it properly, and then I slid the shed back on top of it, which was way more work than had I done it right the first time. And and thankfully, uh, we sold that house. (laughs) And after we did, um, we, uh, we built a new home. Now, what was interesting about the home that we built after the shed incident of 2008, um, it's, it's in the history books, people. We built a home, but um, it was an interesting scenario because we were driving around this neighborhood and we saw this, we saw a lot that we loved. It was a beautiful lot. And on that lot was an already poured foundation. But the sign out front said house for sale. So what it was, it was a really small custom home builder and they were building a spec home of a plan that they, they loved and they'd already poured the foundation. So Nicole and I got, in, got into this home kind of right after the foundation had been poured. And Bob and Renee are, I think, smiling because they used to live down the street from us in Winnipeg. And, and so you know what? We were able to speak into the shape and the life of this home, into a bit of the layout. Into We moved a couple things around. But you know, all of the changes that we made to the plan, the blueprints, had to jive with 
the already existing foundation. The foundation had already been poured. And so if we asked for something that was bizarre or outside of what would have worked, uh, we would have been in real trouble. This new home, um, the foundation was already laid. The plans were underway. And so the changes that we made to the blueprints had to work with the existing foundation that had already been poured. Everything and anything that Nicole and I wanted to build into this new home was dependent on the foundation that our builder had already laid. Anything and everything that Nicole and I desired to build into this new home was dependent upon the already poured and set foundation that the builder had put into place. Read with me from the Bible, if you would, um, the book of 1 Corinthians. And we've kind of been in that book quite a bit this month. I'm going to read from a different chapter. And again, like um, after Jesus um, appeared to like all of these people after he rose from the dead, it sparked something on planet Earth. The messaging of Jesus and how he lived and how he loved and how he served, it began to change cities and districts and nations. And a guy named Paul, um, he wrote um, most of what we call the, the second half of the Bible, the New Testament. And he wrote a letter to the city of Corinth and people that were following Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians 3, starting at verse 11, here's what Paul said. Remember, there is only one foundation, the one already laid, Jesus Christ. Take particular care in picking out your building materials. Eventually, there's going to be an inspection. Hmm. If you use cheap or inferior materials or build a poor foundation for your shed, I added that, you'll be found out. The inspection will be thorough. The inspection will be rigorous. You won't get by with a thing. If your work passes inspection, fine. If it doesn't, your part of the building is going to be torn out and started over. Rats. And, and I actually want to talk a little bit about Jesus, our foundation, and what does an inspection look like? Because everything and anything that you and I want to build into our families is dependent on the foundation that our builder has already laid. Anything that you and I desire today to either start building or continue building into our families is entirely dependent on an already existing foundation. And that foundation has a name, Jesus Christ. Family is kind of like one big ongoing building project because it has seasons. Some seasons we're building from scratch. Other seasons we feel like we're, you know, maybe renovating. We're tearing out something old and replacing it with something new. But, but family to me often feels like this ongoing building project. You know, it starts with being single in the context of family and learning your place in family. And I'm the youngest of four kids and my birth order and my mom and dad and my brother who used to beat the crap out of me and my older sisters who used to make me do my hair a certain way that I hated and then I would fix it when I got to school. And, you know, the things we learn about being single and, and growing up in family, well, that's just a season because we graduate to a new season of maybe dating. Dating not just uh, a person but dating a family and we're learning about a new family and then if that dating continues to go really well, have a, have a wink, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we might even find a spouse out of that dating relationship and then we're learning how to do married family and then, and then if we do married family really well, we have kids and, um, and then we have to learn how to do family in the context of being not just husband and, 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 well, husband and wife but also parents 
and, and then our kids grow up, and then they leave, and then we have to learn how to love each other all over again because our kids aren't there to fill our schedule anymore. So these seasons of family, it feels like one long, big, ongoing building project that we're starting from scratch and starting something new and renovating this and, and tearing that out and replacing it with something new. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11 through 15, this passage that I read, the context of why it was being written is Paul's actually writing to the church about what does it mean to grow in maturity? What does it mean to move from childhood to adulthood? What does it mean to mature and grow up spiritually? We find our place in building church on the foundation of Jesus when we begin to mature and grow in the context of family. Now, Paul... um, in the original Greek language, he uses a word, um, themelios, uh, and he's talking about foundation. Now, the interesting thing about that Greek word when I looked at it, because uh, you know, sometimes I like to look up Greek because it makes me sound smarter than I am. Uh, the Greek word for foundation, you know what it means? It means foundation. <laughs> I know. It actually means like the lowest load-bearing part of a building and typically something that's below ground level that you can't see. But he's actually talking about building our lives and building our family and building our faith and building our maturity on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So deep, so profound. Just take a moment and bask in my wisdom. You're laughing. That's a, <laughs> I know, it's funny. So here's my thought. The relentless love of Jesus is actually meant to be foundational for each one of our lives. That incredible love of Jesus, it's meant to be foundational for us. But Jesus is actually building his church through the beautiful picture of God's original plan for us, which was family. God's original plan for human beings was family. And when we learn to build our lives and build our families on the relentless love of Jesus, we begin to fulfill God's original intent for why we were created, family. It's through family that Jesus' story is being shared and lived out on planet Earth. It's through family that the kingdom that was in God's heart that he wanted to see happen through people's lives, it's, it's through family that that's actually taking place. You see, family is generational. It's ongoing. It's not just my specific ongoing building project, but it's what's come before me and what's coming after me and where we fit in the context of generations We see through the lens of just kind of our place in our generation. And maybe if we're lucky, uh, if we had a decent relationship with our parents or grandparents and our kids and our grandkids. But beyond that, we don't often think about our place in generations. And yet, the message of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus and the love of Jesus compels us to think about our life and how we're loving and growing in the context of family in a way that fits in the bigger story. We, we have to see through a much larger picture because the purpose for allowing love to win in family is to see your place living out what it means to build generations on top of the foundation that's already been laid, to build generations on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Your foundation, it's already been poured. It's Jesus Your foundation always has to always be Jesus. I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but sometimes it feels like different parts of our family unit are shaky. 
like, man, we, we're really failing in this area. Or can we find a good book? Because I remember when, um, of course, the one time I started talking about our youngest son, third, our third born, Caleb, he's actually in the room. Hey, buddy. I remember when Caleb was born, um, uh, we, we read a book called um, Parenting Your Powerful Child by Dr. Kevin Lehman. And because it talked about the power struggle that exists in homes uh, between parents and children. And children are naturally going to push back to find their place. Where do I fit in the family? And, and our thirdborn probably pushed the most. <laughs> um, I love you, buddy. And, uh, and so re- just reading a resource because we felt like, man, how, do we, how much do we give in to this kid? What, what is changing the dynamic of our family life? And so we had to find a resource because we felt a little shaky in that season. I know that things could be stronger. I know that things could be working better. But will they ever? And what's it going to take to get there? I don't know about you, but do you ever feel that way in the context of family? In the seasons that you come through, it's like, man, am, am I learning things for the first time? I'm this far into my parenting journey. I feel like I know nothing. Or maybe you're a son or a daughter here today, and, and you're with your parents. You're, you're a teenager. And you're in that beautiful season of teenage life where you really believe that you know everything and your parents know nothing. And, um, and you know, and that's, that's okay. You keep, on, you keep on living the dream, baby. And, uh, but, you know, maybe you question things about what it looks like to be a son or a daughter in your home. And where do I fit? And, and, and I just, things feel a little bit shaky. Um, I want to mention what I call the, the dollhouse fiasco of 2009. Um, Christmas one year, we decided to buy our daughter, Julia, a beautiful dollhouse. And my, my least favorite words are some assembly required. And honestly, this dollhouse is the reason why. I, it was like Christmas Eve, and I don't know why I didn't think about it sooner, but I was wrapping the box, and I'm like, I, I can't give her a box. I have to build this thing. <laughs> and so I took it out of the box, and then I think I swore, because there was hundreds of pieces, and like tiny little pieces, and dowels, and screws, and it was just like, it was Christmas Eve, and I was, I think I was like finishing wrapping presents, I was ready for bed, and I opened this sucker up, and I'm like, oh my word, right? So I start building this dollhouse, and I was on step 97 of 114 steps. I'm not even making that up, Okay. I was on step 97 of 114 steps, and I realized that I'd put part 14 in backwards. I know. I know. You feel my pain. So you know what I did? Like a good father, I took it apart, and I backed all the way up from step 97 all the way back to step 14, turned that part around, and finished the dollhouse. Hundreds of tiny little pieces and undoing that all the way back. And often in in the context of family, I feel like, man, did I miss something 80 steps ago? And and we feel like we're rebuilding something and we have to pause and take inventory of what's going on and actually course correct and go back to something. Because family can be messy and family can be painful and family can be complicated. But how do we choose to allow love to win in our families? We go back. We don't quit. We course correct. We keep building. A building project has lots of different rooms. 
And builders use a plan. They use a blueprint to kind of lay out the rooms that are in a house. Have you ever drawn up a spiritual blueprint for the rooms in your family? Have you ever stepped back? If you're married with kids, have you ever paused, taken a bird's eye view of your family and said, man, God, what's the spiritual blueprint for our family? And as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about some things that really matter to me in our spiritual blueprint as a family. And I'm going to use analogies of rooms from our home to talk about it. The first room I want to mention is the foyer or the front entrance. Because love wins in our foyer through affection. Why? Because when any one of us comes home, there's usually a rushing to the door. There's a greeting. We have two dogs. They're involved. If you're not careful, you're going to step on one of them. But love wins in the foyer of our home through affection in the context of family. Through that just taking notice of each other and valuing relationship. I think about the kitchen in our home and the dining space. You know, love wins in the kitchen of our home through conversation. And we've done this where we actually have continued to prioritize meals, where we sit down as a family and share a meal together. And I'm going to fight for that until my kids are married with kids of their own, and then we're going to still do meals together. And in, in a society where our schedules keep us out of our homes and in public places, and we're driving through drive throughs on the way to the next scheduled meeting, um, I just believe that love wins in the context of home in our kitchen through conversation. Because one of my favorite questions that we ask around the dinner table is, hey, what happened in your day today that made you feel a little bit sad or disappointed? And I love the specificity of that question because it sparks conversation. I'll often say, hey, what happened at school today that made you really feel super excited about life, made you lit up? And, and just to build conversation. Love wins in our homes, in our families, when we prioritize affection, when we prioritize conversation with one another. Love wins in the living room of our house. How? Through rest. I just love family movie nights where the ottoman gets pulled right into the couch and the entire you know, sectional and ottoman becomes one big bed for five people and two dogs to snuggle and fight over who's sitting where and bowls of popcorn. And, and, and love wins in our living room through just taking time to rest as a family and prioritizing rest. And, and I just feel like, man, do we do that enough? And we're always trying to figure out rest and the rhythm of rest in our home. But love wins in family through how we choose to rest together, be together, laugh and enjoy life. Love wins in the bedrooms of our home. Don't get carried away. Um, and I'm going to say love wins in our bedrooms through faith. And here's why. Because in the bedrooms of our home is where we take quiet time and just lie with our kids. And through seasons where we've prayed together, we've encouraged them to pray. We've taught them how to pray. Love wins in the bedroom of our homes through, through building faith in our families. The relentless love of Jesus is actually meant to be foundational for each one of our lives. But Jesus is actually building his church through the beautiful picture of God's original plan, family. You know, a foundation, generally speaking, is never seen. It's beneath the surface. It's below ground. You don't see it. It's not, you know, out there like, like the, the roof or the, the roof line or the front door or the garage access. It's beneath the ground. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this, this faith that we're talking about, it's the firm foundation under everything that makes our life worth living. Man, I could just like settle in on that line right there and just stay there. Did you know that the foundation of our faith is actually what makes everything in life worth living? It's our handle on what we can't see 
The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Again, here it's talking about the unseen foundation of faith in Jesus Christ that's gone on before us through our ancestors. This foundation of love and building faith and love into our families through the foundation of Jesus Christ. It's generational. This act of unseen faith in our foundation, it's still distinguishing you and I as peculiar and different and weird in the world that we live in today. Not because we're creepy or super spiritual, but because we care and because we take time to talk to people we don't know and step into people's hurt and, and maybe even be a little bit vulnerable about our own family's journey. And, and, and God wants us through the foundation of Jesus to live lives that are set apart for his kingdom, for his name. Because the relentless love of Jesus, it's meant to be foundational through God's original plan of family. The purpose for allowing love to win in family is to see our place in what it means to build generations on top of the foundation that's been laid for us. In this past week, we had an opportunity as a family to celebrate the life of one of our family members. And I was going to talk about this today, and then I paused because there's actually family in the room that I wasn't expecting to see today, but I'm going to go there anyways because my, my wife's great uncle, Herb Walters, um, stepped into eternity last week. And we celebrated his life on, on Friday as a family with hundreds of other people that maybe weren't blood family, but that felt like family in the greater context of what God's building through us. And to see Uncle Herb's um, kids and grandkids and great-grandkids pay tribute to and honor this man, it reminded me that, that we can get so bogged down in the day-to-day routine of family and the disappointment of family and the, the heartache of family that we forget. We forget to pause and look back and say, God, what are you doing through family in the context of, of what matters to your heart. And that, to me, sparks a reminder to keep building our lives on the foundation, the unseen acts of faith and foundation in Jesus. Because if we're to be brutally honest, I think we would all say that our, our best moments in family are moments that we truly allow Jesus to be our foundation. If we were to pause and look back and in this room are people that have, that have never made a decision to allow Jesus to be central in their life. And, and I don't say this to make you, you feel uncomfortable or awkward, but I acknowledge that in this room are people who have never, they're hearing the story of Jesus maybe even for the first time. And some of us that, that are actually able to look back and say, Jesus, my best and brightest and most beautiful moments are when you were, you were right there as our unseen foundation, our foundation of faith. And so what does it look like to keep building on that foundation? And that's what I want to close with. With Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 24, it says there, these words that I speak to you are not just sort of incidental additions to your life. They're not just homeowner improvements on your standard of living. They're foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. And when rain pours down and the rivers flood and tornadoes hit, nothing moves a house that's built on the rock on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Nothing moves it. 
in the process of building our families, building our homes. You know, I think in construction, as things are being built, eventually a building inspector comes along to take a look at the work. And I, as I close today, I just want to invite you, and if you're married um, together as, as husband and wife, as spouse, I want to invite you to begin building, being the building inspector of your own families, being the building inspector of your own homes, your own family unit. I want to challenge you this week to, to become the building inspector of your family life. Don't just listen to or just hear God's word, but work God's word into your life. Build it into the rooms of your home, figuratively, into your family DNA, into your culture, as we choose to allow love to win by building on the foundation of Jesus. Look carefully at the rooms in your life. Whether it's a new build or whether you're renovating a room, are there any steps that you need to go back and revisit? Are there any cracks in the walls that need attention? Are there any shifts in the foundation? Is there any weak or dilapidated rooms that you're not happy with? If so, together in faith, let's ask this question this week. How can I allow the foundation of my life, Jesus, to help rebuild and repair our homes and our families this week? Because remember, there's only one foundation, the one that's already been laid, Jesus Christ. For love to win in our families, our foundation for family always has to always be Jesus. For love to win in family, and not just this generation, but for generations to come. Love has to always be always founded in Jesus Christ. Could you just stand with me real quick? And if you're here with family, maybe you're here with a spouse or with parents, if you're comfortable, you can feel free to like hug the neck of your son or daughter or hold hands with your spouse. But I want to pray. I want to pray over you. If you're a teenager and you don't want your parents to hug you, um, get over it. Deal with it. Just lean into that love. Take it. But I want to pray over you. God, I ask today, in Jesus' name, that this simple um, picture of what you're building into families, God, as we kind of trace it through these three unique parts of the Bible, We're invited today, regardless of where we're at and, and even what we think about you, we're invited to, to pay close attention to the foundation that we're building our life upon. To be diligent and attentive in our family. To allowing love to win in the foundation of Jesus Christ. Because God, your heartbeat from the dawn of creation. When this world that we live in was first set into motion, when human beings drew breath into their lungs for the first time, in your heart, God, was this beautiful picture of family. And as a spiritual father, you've invited each one of us to, to pull in close to you as, as orphaned sons and daughters to restore a relationship with God the Father through Jesus 
and in the context of our natural relationships with our parents and grandparents and kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, you still invite us into this mediated restoration of family through the foundation of your son, Jesus. You invite us to take great care at looking at what we're building our families upon in light of what you want to do in our time and for generations to come. And so, God, I ask in Jesus' name, the families that are here that are on the brink, that are on the edge of disaster, that are on the edge of hopelessness, that are feeling lost, that you would bring peace and healing. And with grace, you would help them see step 14 of 97, to just simply look back, tweak, and continue to move forward, continue to build in faith, continue to found family on Jesus Christ. And for families here that are maybe feeling detached, disillusioned, separate, God, would you plant and deposit a picture of a home, a home where love wins, a home where love wins through affection and through rest and through conversation and through faith. By your spirit, would you just begin right now to paint pictures on the inside of us of your best for family. And God, those of us that are here today that are maybe here all by ourselves, because we're orphaned or we're divorced or we're separated and we just feel alone. God, would you, would you bring healing? Would you give them a sense of, of even what's going on in this room right now? That to follow you, Jesus, means we get to be a part of a greater family. Adopted as your own. Beckoned to becoming sons and daughters. Standing in the midst today of other sons and other daughters. Equal in your eyes. Lavishly loved. Relentlessly pursued by your spirit and by your son, Jesus. God, we want to build our families on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. Visit EvolveChurch.com for more information. And if you're ever in the Edmonton area, stop by.